Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here is your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and good day to you all, and welcome to another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. For those of you that are new to the show, I'm a content repurposing whiz for speakers, authors, coaches, and consultants. I help them turn their books and or content into two years worth of social media posts that help them increase their visibility, their credibility and their profitability, effectively helping them turn their existing content and collateral into new profits. And today I'm excited to share with you a guest called Nicola Harrison. Um, As an author, Nicola writes fiction novels about themes that affect many women. And in her latest novel, The Showgirl, she discusses the challenges of career versus love, which in many ways has mirrored challenges in her own life. This has actually prompted our chat today, which is how do you choose the life you love and the man you love? Prior to writing uh, novels, she worked as a fashion journalist in New York City and now lives in Manhattan Beach, California, with her husband, two sons, and a high-maintenance chihuahua called Lola. Please help me welcome to the show, Nicola Harrison. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to um, find out a little bit more and listen to and do some research about some of your uh, work. So I'm excited to be able to share some of this with the audience today. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Now, I'd love to know a little bit if we can share with the audience a little bit about your backstory and how you got into this type of writing. Yeah, sure. So I write fiction. I write historical fiction. And I generally seem to write about women who are, um, you know, strong female protagonists who are usually, you know, um, facing some kind of adversity or, you know, confronting some sort of pain in their life and um, or 
and they're generally at a point when I start writing about them, they're at a point in their life where they're trying to rebuild or start over or something like that. And that seems to be the theme that I that I keep writing about in my books. And but the funny thing is, it it, it wasn't intentional. Um, <laughs> and my it wasn't until I actually just recently turned in my recent book to my editor that um, she said to me, well, you write about strong female women who don't need a man, you know, they're going to do it on their own terms. And, um, and I said, Oh, okay, yeah, actually, you're right, I do. <laughs> and I think the reason is um, that I, I think a lot of authors that you'll ask if, if they really think about it is they end up putting some of their own personal experience into their novels, even though they're fiction, even though it's fiction, and the story is you know, made up or created or imagined or however you want to say it, um, they tend, we tend to put some of our own feelings and emotions into, into those stories. So, so that's what I'm writing right now. But um, my, my background is, um, I, I was always writing, I always loved to write. Um, I studied literature and creative writing in, in university. And then as you mentioned, I, I went into a career of fashion journalism. So I was like finding a way to write in a way that I could make a living. But I was always taking a writing class on the side or at night to to be creative and do sort of my own my own writing um and then eventually that started to turn in, into a into a novel <laughs> so so that's sort of the, the first story of how i got there <laughs> yeah beautiful and I, uh, there's a couple of things i love about that a the falling into um the this this habit or this genre or how, however you call it and I think that for me uh, with the clients that I work with and if I look at my own life when you sort of suddenly fall into something and it becomes that habit it's usually a good indication that you're following your inner genius and that, that that's the purposeful thing that you're meant to be doing yeah. so I, I love that yeah. uh, and I think so many of our listeners and certainly my commu uh, communities they are um, made up of very, very strong women who are used to um, reinventing themselves, are continually evolving, are strong. But with that strength, they do want to have that vulnerability and find love. But, you know, there's that balance. And, you know, uh, when, they're, when, you, when you're sort of charging ahead, you do have to make um, some tough choices. So I think it is a very, very uh, relevant uh, theme to be having because there's so many people that are in that sort of transition stage. And that right. can be, you know, sometimes that's 30-something, sometimes that's 40-something, sometimes that's 50-something and even beyond. Yeah. Um, so I love that we're going to have a conversation around some of these themes today. So thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit more as to... Um, the kind of writing that you do, because there was lots of descriptive words when I was reading it. Mm -hmm. they, uh, some of the uh, reviews talked about it being a cinema, 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 cinematic. Obviously. Yes. It's, I knew it wasn't quite right and I didn't write it down. <laughs> um, so you're obviously really good at um, extracting and putting people into the film or the movie style of that right the writing that you do uh, which again to me comes out to be a, a, an ingenious element because writing is oh. not, not, not my thing which is why <laughs> I love speaking to so many authors right so, I, mean, I see that as a gift so explain some of that to us as well please yeah yeah so I mean I love picking a time in history and mm -hmm and really doing a deep dive into it and and you know learning all about what was going on at that time and especially what was going on for women and how they were affected um, by what was going on in, in the world um, 
and I, and I really end up doing a lot of research and, and a deep dive into that. And I like incorporating, and I, and I, I like incorporating all of as many elements and details as I can into the novel without it feeling um, textbooky or, you know, you don't, you never want people to feel like they're reading about it you know the 1920s or the 1930s you want them to feel like they're in it they're stepped into that world um so i so i really enjoy capturing all of that but like i said um i think what probably makes it feel maybe authentic makes the writing feel authentic even when i'm writing at about a time that's you know we that can't necessarily relate to like the 1920s or the 1930s um i think it's it's that i i pour some of my myself into into these stories. So, for example, with my first novel, um, Montauk, this was my first novel. Um, I was at, when I first started to write this book, I was actually going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And I lived in New York City. And my ex husband had to move to London for work. And my family, my parents lived in California, and I felt very alone. And um, sort of terrified about the future you know. at that time I had a four-year-old son and I was like oh my gosh what am I going to do and it was sort of a terrifying time but one thing that I realized being a single mom uh, was that at seven o'clock my son was in bed and I had the whole evening to myself so I started very seriously writing this book my first book and um, this story is set in the 1930s um, and it's, it's called Montauk and it takes place at a little town at the tip of Long Island, which is just past the Hamptons. Um, and it's about a woman who's, you know, in an unstable marriage and, you know, she's, she's spending the summer out in Montauk and her husband is going back and forth to the city during the week. And she's supposed to be getting in with these high society women staying at this hotel, but instead she finds herself getting in with the locals instead. And, mm. you know, it's, it's a fictional story, but, but the, my own sort of feelings and emotions were sort of poured into that character. And, um, and so, you know, I, I think that sort of that, that raw emotion is, is what made it kind of feel real. And then with the showgirl, I was at a very different stage of my life. I had, um, when, when I was writing that book, um, I had was lucky enough to you know, fall in love again, and I got remarried, and had just had a, a baby. So now I have two boys, I have a 12 year old and a three year old, but so I had just had a baby. And I was very happy. And I was also very happy with the fact that I had started this new career where I had I was writing books, it was like a dream job. Mm. And um, but I was also very, very sort of protective of that, of this newfound um, mm. career dream job that I had, and even though I was a you know, newlywed and a new mom for the second time, I wanted to really protect my my this opportunity that I had to to write, I had a, deal, a second book deal with the big publishing house, and I, I really didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> and, and so, um, yeah. Yeah. unfortunately, uh, my my husband's very supportive, and, and we got like a full time nanny, which felt kind of crazy at the time. You know, the baby was only a month old, and I'd never had a full time nanny before when I was when I'd been a mom. But, but I was like, I am not. Even though I'm a mom, <laughs> I'm not going to let things get in the way, and I'm 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 going to do this. And I'm going to be successful. And I felt very driven. So, so even though for my second book, The Showgirl, it's set in the 1920s, and it's about a young woman who is determined to make it onto the Broadway stage um, as a Ziegfeld Folly showgirl, and she is going to do this no matter what. Um, so even though that 
is very different from my life. <laughs> I, I ended up once again, sort of sub, self, uh, subconsciously um, pouring myself into that character as well, in that I was very feeling very determined and I was going to succeed. And, you know, I sort of wasn't going to let anything <laughs> get, get in my way. And, you know, some people could say, well, you know, that's, that's like selfish. You, but I was, I was, um, I, I felt like that was what I owed it to myself to keep pushing forward. And yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. I think I just went off on a different tangent. Beautifully, what I was really hearing within there is those, is those, um, the commonalities or the, the para parallels um, with the, the, uh, the showgirl that you mentioned determination drive, which obviously mm -hmm. you had well there's obviously some I'm going to use the word strategic choices because you know that they're choices that aren't made like that necessarily they're a choice where there's a bit of a weighing up and you know there's a bit of self-reflection going on is this the right path you know and there's there's that internal toing and froing to get to the point of that choice which I'd see many women do and some do it you know in this much time frame and some do it over this much time frame is that toing and froing to get to their to their right decision right and I think that um you know that that part becomes very important for you know the audience and women um as we're going through that at the moment because we've um I remember my mum saying uh, when she had her stroke she's not with us now but um, so mum would have been in her late 90s now, so sort of a, a sort of similar era. And I remember her saying to me um, at one point when we went to see her was she just came out of it and she just said, Sally, for God's sake, stop settling for. Right. You know, and I think that's a lot. Where, there's a lot of that where we get into that driven stage. Now, mum, I wouldn't have seen her as a driven person, but obviously there was some drive there, but because of her era and the way she, her personality, perhaps she didn't drive as far forward with things that she wanted to do. And I think that's a bit of a commonality where there was, I don't know whether it's less choice back then or mm -hmm. less act, action um, in some scenarios. So I'd love to explore what you, what you found from a research perspective as well as how it's uh, paralleled with your life. Yeah, definitely. Um... So it, it's so in, it was so interesting to write about women in the 1920s. Um, such a fascinating decade for women. I mean, there was so much change going on. They had just got the right to vote. Mm. And of course, all of my main character in this book is a flapper. She's a true independent, you know, woman of her time. And, mm. you know, getting that right to vote really emboldened women. And they, they want, they were really fighting for their freedom to to you know do live life the way they wanted to live it to dress the way they wanted to dress which was so completely different from the way their parents had dressed i mean it's mm. funny now when i when i was writing about fashion to think that now the the slight changes in fashion that happened to us like it's like okay we're gonna go from a skinny jean to a to a, to a straight leg jean or a mid-rise to a high rise we're talking like an inch difference here or there but then they went from wearing these dresses that were down to the ankle in mm. these structured wool fabrics with corsets to wearing dresses to the knee showing off their full leg and mm. you know throwing the corsets out the window and <laughs> and cutting their hair short it was just such, so so drastic and so you can you can see how the older generation was completely shocked by that by that change but these younger women must have felt so incredibly free liberated. and yeah. liberated yes um yeah. but fashion alone i mean that's that's a whole 
thing in itself but then just you know they, they wanted to dance the way they wanted to dance they wanted to smoke if they wanted to smoke it's like <laughs> they they just um wanted to do that but there was also a lot of pushback from mm. the older generation i mean the elder generation were very scandalized by it and um and so in in my novel olive um you know and, and she, she she has to sort of make some sacrifices and and decide is she you know she has to basically give up her family um in order to follow the path that she wants to to, to go down yeah yeah and that's i read, read it interesting there was uh, the word risque came up a number of times it, it was so it was perceived and judged as being risque but it really wasn't sort of perhaps perceived them, but it wasn't really as risque as it perhaps could have been in some of those examples. Right, and that, yeah. when you're going into those things that are unconventional, you do get judged and, you know, set aside by family members at different times. And I know women have, have, um, have experienced that when they've got divorced or they've left a husband that nobody thought they should leave or, right. you know, they've done something different or, you know, in some cases got a nanny, a full-time nanny on and all those sorts of things when we we are judged by others but we push on through for the because we've made that choice for ourselves versus you know what other people think is right for us yes yes definitely and there's another point in the book where um she you know she she does fall in love and she finds the she, she's not looking for a man she thinks i don't need a man he's gonna get in my way i am like on this path to become like a showgirl and but then, of course, when you're least expecting it, this man comes along <laughs> and he, he's sort of the first man who really accepts her for her modern ways and her passion for success and her independent nature. And um, and so he sort of whisks her off her feet. But then um, but then, you know, later he starts to change his tune because pressure from family start to say, like, you know, well, what's it going to be like to be married to a showgirl and what kind of a life is that? And so. Um, so he starts to change his tune on her and wants her actually to adopt the more traditional role, which is exactly what she was trying to avoid. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there was certainly this this freedom and this excitement and this celebratory feeling of the decade for women. But um, there, there was a long way to go. You know, they weren't there. And, and I feel like even now it's funny that writing that book then for the 1920s, I feel like, OK, we've come a long way as women. But some of the a lot of these um feelings and themes we're still facing them now we're still trying to push back on on these traditional roles that are sort of placed on us yeah very very much so and that was what i was uh, wanting to explore so what were some of the things because uh, what you spelled out as far as you know um love love comes in from from left field so to speak it's not what you want it's because you're charging ahead and you and, and as you say you get swept off your feet and then the requests for change start to come in, in again. And that's so, so, so typical of life. It's almost whether that's the, you know, the new partner or the new husband that can also change when you when you actually get into a career. It starts off this way mm -hmm. and then, you know, there's conformities that come in and, you know, we just need to tone things down. There's all this, mm -hmm. this um, you know, um, I'm going to use the word settling for or, you know, you, you, you can't be as big, you can't be too much. Yeah. You've got. Uh, got to come back to these uh, with the, uh, have these more filters on it so share with us some of the things uh, around um, those sorts of themes that you've discovered through your research and the history that you've drawn into the books and especially now how they're actually they're still they're still occurring now 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely wanted to explore in this book this idea of, um, you know, can you have it all? Yeah. And, and that is something that I feel is so relevant today. Um, but it was something that they were, the women then were starting to, to you know, it was their first taste of it. Mm. Um, but I really loved delving into that topic and, and you know, can you, can you have the, the career and the dream job? And then can you also be a good wife and a good mother and even like a good friend? <clears throat> and can you do all that? Or do you have to like pick and choose and say, okay, I can do two of those things or one of those things. Um, and so, so um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think I, I face that now. I think a lot of women face that now. Mm. And, and certainly in, in this book, I, I wanted Olive to be thrust into that, um, into those sorts of questions. And it's funny because when, as an author, you're told never go on to Goodreads or Amazon or whatever and, and read your re reviews, but you know, of course you do. <laughs> and there are some people on there, people were like, you know, she's, she's selfish. She comes across as selfish and, um, and self-absorbed. And I was like, yes, she does. And that's the whole point. <laughs> like she does make some questionable choices and because she's trying to figure it out. Now we don't have all of the answers in front of us when we're trying to navigate this um, this balance and trying to find a balance. And I, I wanted to write a character that was flawed. And um, you know, that's that first of all, it's fun to write a character that's flawed, but you want someone to, to like make mistakes along the way and and then, you know, take some resteps and figure mm. out what's gonna work for them. Yeah. And I think too what you've actually said, those resteps there, the person that would have actually said, you know, um that she was uh, selfish and all those sorts of things a few years down the track may actually have a different perspective because they may have lived some of that themselves right um so there's all sorts of different review uh, reviews there and there's different perspectives yeah. um, and you tend to to resonate with uh, your, your own life experience obviously right. as well. yeah yeah and some of the sacrifices what were, oh sorry I should say what what were some of the sacrifices that she took on board and then perhaps change later can you share any of that with us to see if yes some, yes so um certainly she had um challenges with her family with her own family because her her father was very um more much more traditional and just expected that his his daughter would you know maybe take a sales job or something at a nice department store but really it would just be kind of like as a hobby um and a means to like meet a nice man and yeah. so he's sort of horrified and, and concerned about his own reputation when she's mm. dancing and flaunting herself, which, you know, as we said earlier, it, it was risque, but it wasn't that risque. But but yeah. for the time, it was risque. Um, yeah. But she was also very talented as a singer and a dancer. So she mm. wanted to, um, you know, perform and, and you and have this outlet of creativity. But her her father was really pushing back against that. And ultimately, she had to decide, OK, am I going to continue you know this nice relationship with my family or am I going to break ties and go on and do what I want to do and so that's one of the sacrifices that she had to make yeah. um and then later on like I said she she has to make a decision what she's going to do about Archie the love interest um yeah. you know if she's going to um stick with him and and live a, a nice life very luxurious probably and you know a nice life but it's not her passion and sh and mm. she feels compelled and you know completely driven to to follow her dreams and 
and pursue her passion. So, <laughs> and was did did, did that uh, was that an easy transition for her? Was she uh, strong enough that she was able to have a good uh, communication with Archie, or was it sort of without sort of doing too much spoiler alerts? <laughs> what, was, uh, what was what was the theme with that? Was that a tough conversation? Was it uh, she just made made her choice and just moved? What was some of the what what I'm asking there, I suppose, is what's the parallel with what women are facing now when it comes to having those tough conversations and standing by the choices that they make? Well, and without giving too much away, um, because hopefully people will go out and read the book. <laughs> but um, this is one of the moments where her flaws kind of show up and maybe she doesn't handle it the right way. And maybe yep. if she had. Um, you know, communicated her needs more and 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 sort of been a little bit more level-headed about it. Maybe she could have; they could have come to some understanding. But um, but she makes it a little difficult for herself. <laughs> and I think that yeah, be beautifully said. And and don't we all um, know how fabulously wonderful hindsight is when you can actually look back um, at the conversation you may have had with others. So right. I hear away with this book you have the opportunity to yes be taken on a you know an adventure and a ride through somebody else's life of uh, life of living their purpose but you also have the opportunity to reflect uh, it back on your own on your own life and the way that you've lived or made choices and those sorts of things as well yes and also I think there's a moment of a sort of like uh what's it called flight or fight fight or flight moment for her it's sort of sometimes when you're in the moment it's just easier just to run yeah. <laughs> you know it's like nothing will change I'll just sleep <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah definitely all done that um uh, I know I've done that myself and gone I'm just doing that and you just charge off and then you think yeah. oh, you know uh. <laughs> But, uh, you know, everything usually works out for the right reasons when, when again, you can look back uh, retrospectively to see, you know, all the, the points and the, uh, the dots in the life jo uh, joining and moving forward, yeah. which is good. So tell us a little bit more um, about... Um, I suppose the themes that you're writing on, and this can be the uh, between your two books, as it relates to women sort of really discovering who they are and the ability to follow their dreams and move forward because because of because of what they've discovered about themselves. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's just seems to be the theme that keeps coming up for yeah. me that I really love to write about and explore in different ways, obviously. But mm. um, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I just, I feel that... Um for for in Montauk, the character Beatrice is she feels uh, very trapped in the life that she's in. She's she's um, she's in a difficult marriage. She's realizing that it's not with a man who is in love with her, and it's he's she's probably not in love with him. And she sort of yearns for this other life that she's getting a little taste of, um, which is a more subtle, more uh, modest lifestyle, and. Um, and I and so so that's that book, and then we talked about the, the show girl. But I think that I keep writing about this because, um, 
oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. <laughs> um, what, what was I saying? What was the question? Um, the question was the parallels between them following the following their dreams and 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 um, so the self discovery. I suppose it's for yeah. me. It was I was listening to the self discovery that enables them or is the catalyst to yeah. help them follow, yeah. follow their dreams. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like as as women. I mean, I guess as as men or anyone human beings. I feel like if you have this this urge to, um, I, I think I'm talking about the showgirl here specifically. Mm -hmm. Is is if you have this urge to to to, um, to create or to mm -hmm. follow to, to to pursue a passion that you have, I mm -hmm. think that if you don't allow yourself to find a way to do that, I think you end up um, resenting the people or the things that are holding you back from that, and. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's writing. I mean, I just, I feel alive when I'm writing. I feel like I'm, it's my, like what I was supposed to be doing. And, and, and I think that probably artists feel that way. You know, dancers feel that way. You know, if you, if you love sports, you love soccer and you, for whatever reason, can't do it. I think you just sort of feel this repression. And, and I think what I, what I try to explore in these books is that um, if you're able to carve out some, if it's a you know if it might just be a hobby and you're able to like carve some time out for yourself to be able to to pursue that and have this outlet a creative outlet or an outlet for your passion or if it's your career and you're able to like build that career as part of your life um i think it just makes you happier and then ultimately your relationships with the people in your life are going to probably be more fulfilling and 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 better relationships if you're able to like feed that need that you have mm, mm. Yeah, <laughs> I think you've, you've highlighted something there. It's carving out some time to allow that creativity, that spontane spontaneity, that thing to bubble up enough for you to actually start to experience as experience it. So you can actually have a choice. You know, all oh, this feels good, or I like this. Do I want to do more of it? So you can actually um, carve out more time. But like any ad great adventure in life, it starts with that that single step, doesn't it? And, yes. and it does require that carving out of some time um, to be able to do that. I've I've got I'm often in uh, groups talking to different women, and one of one of the common questions that we get asked, especially when it's women that are at the very very beginning stages of this transition, or you know what's next, or you know, it often starts with who am I, mm -hmm. and then what's next and often the question that comes up in some of those conversations is well how do I find my purpose right yeah and I think it's what you're saying it's dabbling yeah. <laughs> a little bit of dabbling at first you know and for me it was um <clears throat> I mean I took I took writing classes growing up and everything mm. but, but as I was doing my when I was doing my journalism career I would sort of take these night classes and it's like oh yeah, just try a little fiction you know <laughs> just just try it and it's, it's almost like I'm not committing to anything. I'm just I'm just dabbling with it to start. And then you start to be around people, other people who have <clears throat> those types of interests. And that feels good to be around other people who are sharing the same interests. And mm. and now, um, and for actually the past like eight years, I think, I've I'm in a create I'm in a writing workshop um on Thursday nights. Now it's on Zoom. Well, for me it's on Zoom. They've got back together in person in New York, but now I'm living in California. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, it's on Zoom. But um, we would we meet every Thursday evening and we share pages with each other. Mm -hmm. And we just sort of, you know, and, and it's 
we just share it and it sort of gives us a deadline because we know every Thursday night we're going to have to bring something and share it. And um, it just sort of keeps pushing you forward. Um, And so that was really what got me to finish writing my first book. Um, It's like a a little bit of camaraderie um, and and a little bit of a deadline. It's like a self-imposed deadline. And then, of course, now that I have a publisher and I have, you know, I had a second book deal and then a third one. So now it's like I have the deadline from the from the editor. But even then, there's this there's still this um, real self-determination and self-motivation that you have to have because no one's really breathing down my neck. I mean, yes, I have an editor, but I don't go and, you know, I don't go and sit in her office. (laughs) For eight hours a day, it's not, and yeah. and and yes, she expects me to produce good work and to turn it out on time. But if for some reason I didn't, she'd find somebody else that does. There's plenty of people who want to write books and be published out there, you know. So it's like you really have to, um, once you get to the point where you're like, this is what I love to do. You then you really have to like stick with it. And and I, you know, it's my full time job now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think as we were talking there, and you were talking about that dabbling. If I look at my own life, I've done dabbled in all sorts of different ways, but ultimately they've all led to the creativity stuff that I do now, and the you know the work that I do with speakers and coaches. It's all I can you know join the dots, and it re- retrospectively um, gets to that. But and like yourself, I've fallen into. I started doing the uh, content repurposing for books because I was helping some of my speaker buddies out, and I was just doing that, and then I kept getting asked for it so it was one of those things that I fell into because people kept asking asking yeah. for it so that whole thing of how do you find your purpose um comes in from the um you know it's almost like trying on a you know being in a shop trying on a couple of different pairs of shoes yeah just trying trying it on you know that one doesn't feel quite comfortable um so there's that element but you've also highlighted the other the other element that I see uh with lots of other successful women and I'd love to see how this has sort of panned out with your writing that you've done and the the, the, I suppose the research that you've done um in history is is have these women had the right networks because we we're here in business today to be successful you've got to have the right people around you which is clearly something that you're doing with your with your community that you're in with writers did they have those opportunities uh, in historically and is that um is that something that um they had and obviously i see it to be very important in this day, um this time mm-hmm. so what's your um your experience from the writing perspective yeah. for the characters yeah. Yeah, definitely. So in the show, girl, um, there's definitely a sense of um, camaraderie with the girls, um, the performers, and they they really like lift each other up and help each other out. And um, when she first comes to the stage and she's a total newbie, there's a there's a you know a woman who's been around longer and she knows the ropes and and they they go out the stage door on the opening night and there's all these they're called stage door johnnies, these guys who are like standing with her and they're like hey, can I take you out to dinner? Here, let me give you some flowers. Let me give you a necklace. And she's like, oh, just keep keep going, keep going. You know, there's plenty of time for all of that. And but she can't help herself. She's like, you, we're going to Delmonico's. You can meet me there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yes, there's, there's, you know, she has like a slightly older, wiser friend to sort of guide her along. And then there's the group of friends, uh, women who are all doing it together. Um, and then also, in, in this book, there is a, a character who comes up who I loved writing. He's like, he's an older um, Italian opera singer who um, who's very, very famous. And she happens to be up in upstate New York, up in the Adirondacks on this re- retreat where the, they take the show on the road. 
and she hears someone um, singing at six o'clock in the morning. And she's like, oh my gosh, who's, you know, dis disturbing my, my beauty sleep. And, and it's coming from a lake. And she rows out, she jumps in a, rows, in a rowboat and rows out onto the lake. And here she finds this guy who's extremely famous singing his lungs out because he said that the, um, the, the air up there is good for the lungs and everything. <laughs> and yeah. sort of a, an unusual, unexpected friendship develops between the two of them. And he sort of becomes this uh, mentor to her. Mm -hmm. which I just really enjoyed writing. And it's funny because I wasn't expecting him to come into this book <laughs> or I thought it might just have, he might just sort of have a walk on role and, and just be like a funny scene. But I liked writing him so much that he, he stuck around and had a more prominent role. <laughs> yeah. And now for the uh, audience that are actually listening to that, now you'd know why it's been described as, I'm going to say cinematic. Cinematic, again. yeah. <laughs> because you, you really do feel that you're in it and I love that um, not only have we got the networking element in there which we know is very important but it's also very important to have the right sort of mentors around at the time that can really help uh, show not so much just show you and guide you along the way like like the lady did that took her under a wing mm -hmm. but this that sort of almost helps um, shift things along in a different uh, gear, gear with a very different perspective, obviously, yes. with him uh, a man. So, yes. yeah. yeah. And how do you f find with, tho with those um, themes, what do you see is um, relevant now uh, or what do you notice that's going along in the era that we're in now as it relates to these networks and these mentors? From your perspective of um, how you're seeing business and how you see that happening uh, from a community perspective, yeah, definitely. So, so one of the most amazing things about becoming an author, a, a totally unexpected, was just how wonderful the book community has been. Mm. Um, you know, in person, but also on social media, and it's and it's a lot of. I mean, uh, for my community, it tends to be a lot of female authors mm -hmm. who I've connected with. And everyone just kind of um, lifts each other up. And there doesn't seem to be much of a sense of competition because no book is going to be the same. I mean, like what, we, we could, you and I could write a book on the same subject and it would be two totally different books, you know, because that's just the way it is with creative writing. But yeah. um, so there doesn't seem to be any sense of competition, but it's more like when, when someone's book it's their, their publication day, everyone gets on Instagram and posts a picture and, and, and you know, takes and posts a picture to say, you know, happy, happy pub day, can't wait to read this one. Or I read an early version of this, and this is such a great book. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, that just, that does wonders for you, because then it's, they've reached out to their entire community, mm -hmm. the you know, social media community, and, and it gets the word out about your book. And, um, you know, it's, it's been harder these days to get the word out about novels, because with COVID and things, people haven't been, now they are more so now, but for a couple of years, people weren't just wandering the aisles in their favorite bookstores and, and just picking up a book and saying, that looks good. So you yeah. really had to like work harder to get your, the book babies that you've been working on for so long out into the world and in, in front of people's eyes. So, um, so yeah, I think that that book community for me has just mm. been really, really wonderful. And it makes you just realize like women like helping each other out and raising raising each other up and um it's just just such a wonderful thing and it makes you want to do more of it for other people <laughs> yeah i t yeah, couldn't agree with you more there i yeah, 
on a number of things. A, the book community is everyone's aspiring, but everyone's inspiring uh, and supportive of everybody else is certainly something I, I have found. Very little um, competition. Um, there's obviously a lot more competition in the speaking uh, realm. That was from my experience, but there's, it's, it is different in that in that author's uh, realm there as well, for sure. What I've also found, um, just listening to that too, is when, and the difference between a network a mentor and a community and I heard that there's that um, there's collaboration across all of them but there's that collaboration that actually rounds you off into being a better human yeah. in that you're not just a better book writer and you're not just helping other book writers but it actually ripples into the rest of your life yeah oh yes and I don't even think you know I'm just sharing my experience about the book community but I think you know it that could be relevant to people not even in like, yeah, like like let's say you work in fashion. I don't even think it has to be like in the fashion world. It could just be like um, a group of women um, well who are in, somehow in a community. If you one of the women happens to be a jewelry designer, if you you know post about or talk about or share about the jewelry that she made, and then somebody else is a I don't know a journalist, and then you post about an, an amazing article that they wrote, it just is so nice. It's and it's such a small thing that you can do. To, to help other people, you know, get their voices out there or get their creative creativity out there. And yeah. it doesn't really take much, but it means a lot. Yeah, yeah. I love, love what you've just said there. I've got a, another girlfriend, Nancy Matthews. She's written a book called Be The One. And what you've just ex uh, expressed there is her version of be that one person that does that one little tiny thing for that other person that just magnifies uh, and just makes it so much better for everybody. It's just those, it's, it is literally just those little things that we can do that'll be so much more meaningful and so meaningful for that person, Yeah, uh, which is good. And I also just really, really felt and witnessed for myself the difference from trolling the aisles in the bookstore because that was something that I used to do. You know, you yeah. go up and the book uh, book aisles and you what literally for me it was waiting for one to jump off the shelf at me or one would fall off yeah um, and that was how I chose and found my book so not having the ability to to do that has been very very different for me and it has been um through community and doing things online and seeing other people say uh, as you said say oh, hey I've read an earlier version of this this was good here was my takeaway that has actually prompted me to go and grab the book so right. I think um such a relevant um you know hot, uh, gold nugget that you've actually shared there is you know what's the diff what's the difference for people for authors and people writing books you know that are wanting to share something lessons with the world um, it's a different way of uh, of letting them know and those those collaborative communities um and key conversations are, are really relevant right now yeah yeah and i think that um sort of more of that seemed to come up with covid People mm. sense that there was more of a need um, to help people get the word out. And yeah. so um, hopefully that will, will continue. And I mean, I think that's one of those silver linings where you're like, okay, well, that's something good that came out of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is, it is very much that silver lining. But we've, we've now, if I look at uh, my perspective and some of the communities, we've got into what we, we call it rushing women's syndrome. We've got into that rushing, we're doing, we're driven women. We're, yes, we've got our networks. Yes, we've got our mentors, but we're all, we're all still um, running at a pace 
it did give us the uh, the opportunity to sort of back back down a little bit of, in some cases very suddenly to just you know yeah. slow slow down uh, especially from the speaking community um but it did actually allow people to stop and be reflective as to, to, and refine their purpose and you know what they what voice they want to bring to the world or message that they want to bring to the world but it actually enabled us to actually reconnect yes yes definitely yeah <laughs> Um, which has been good, and, I, and and this is why I really wanted to share um, your your story and talk talk with you about the book because a lot of this connection is so now very relevant to the the themes that a women uh, have experienced uh, in the eras that you write about, mm -hmm. uh, but also are experiencing uh, very very much uh, very much now as well. Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask, and this was relating a little bit uh, to the the network and those people that you've got around you. Um, I, I, do you still see lots of variations of this, these challenges at, as it relates to career versus love? And what are the common ways you see some of these people actually move forward through that? Currently now or, or in the book? <laughs> Yeah, bit bit of both. So, um, so we we've talked about it from the book. So, if there's any mm -hmm. more highlights there as as it relates to the the books, obviously the one you're working on, and as it relates to women in your community, because I think there's so many commonalities for for past as well as current and future for women. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like the takeaway is kind of just. I mean, it sounds cliche, but when I sign the when I sign copies of of the Showgirl, I I sign it and I say follow your dreams, <laughs> and it might sound cliche, but I just feel very passionately about it, and I feel that, um, you know, just if you have something that you're passionate about, you know, try to incorporate that in 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 your life, and um, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know if that's what your what question yeah, no. you're asking. <laughs> No, that's that's perfect, and I think that's that ties in beautifully because it is um, as we've discussed. It's it's um, it's if you don't know what your purpose is, if you're still on that search to to, to find out what your new purposes or your transition to that purpose or you're wanting to grow into something more but you're not quite sure what that is yet if you're stuck yeah. sort of in that spot it is a case of trying on those you know those shoes and trying on those shoes yeah uh, finding opportunities. yeah and I think um also you know not not settling for for sort of the mundane mm. um and not settling for something that doesn't make you um you know very happy if, if happy is the right word but I think you know and not settling for someone who doesn't appreciate you and doesn't support you in in your creative pursuits or in your pursuits of the career that you you know want to go after or, or want to um thrive in mm -hmm. and I just I think that in my own personal life you know having gone through a divorce and and then having you know remarried and found someone who's very supportive and and really like gets me and, and and I think when I'm not when I'm not writing it sort of makes his life miserable because I'm like so filled with angst <laughs> so he, it's better for him if he's supportive yeah, yeah. um you're writing yes yeah. yeah so I think just you know not settling and and really going after um you know the love that makes you happy and and the career and the the, the passions that make you happy yeah 
well, well, well said. Uh, and where is the best place or the places that people can actually get hold of the show, girl? And we'll pop the link back up, obviously through your website, um, and that's available on um, Amazon, etc. So yeah, it's on that. Amazon. Um, it's in um, Barnes and Noble and almost all your local independent bookstores, which is so great to, by the way, to support your local independent bookstores if you can. They've had a tough time of it through COVID too. <laughs> so, um, so, but it's also available online. And um, if, and my website is nicolaharrison.com. So that just kind of gives updates on new books coming out. I have another book coming out next summer. Um, so there'll be info about that on the website. And also um, if anyone would like to just follow along on my publishing journey and life as a writer, I'm on Instagram. Um, as Nicola Harrison author. Yep, beautiful. Thank you very, very much. So as part of a, a bit of a recap, yes, you can have it all. It is about making the choices and finding what actually lights you up because we don't want you uh, leaving this earth with the light still inside you. The light is there to shine out uh, in the world. If you're dabbling, uh, sorry, if you're still trying to work out what your thing is, uh, then dabble away. Um, have great conversations with great people. Find uh, the right network that'll help you find the right mentor and then find the community that's going to actually support you be be all that you can be so you can be bold be brilliant and become everything that you were meant to thank you very very much for joining us today nicola it's been an absolute pleasure sharing so much with you oh thank uh, you thank you this has been so nice I, i've done a lot of book talks where i've you know talked about the book and everything but this was a whole different conversation so it was really great i enjoyed it so much Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we like to get into the, you know, a real conversation as though we're having a cup of coffee together, even though we're at different uh, different sides of the world. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's great to be able to do that. And I think it gives people the insight and also the inspiration to go um, to, you know, discover a book that they may not have, have heard about or known about um, and to be able to use that book to um, to be inspired but also and entertained, but also to use that book um as aspirations as to what they're going to do next in their life and use it as a reflective tool. So um, it's been brilliant to be able to shine the light on that um, element in yourself as well. And I look forward uh, to finding out about the new book coming out in your summer. So thank you very, very much for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure. And as I said to everyone, for uh, make sure you get hold of a copy of the um, showgirl. You can find that at nicolaharrison.com, the showgirl. Um, so we look forward to finding out how you go with that and look forward to having you on another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. Till then, take care. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and I trust that you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. You can find this episode along with many more on your favorite streaming platform such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and more. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for more Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis.